Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, in the city. For creatives, Volvo Boys here, New Amsterdam Radio, NewAmsterdam.com. And well, we've made it to a brand new season, the season premiere of New Amsterdam Radio, one of the flagships of the New Amsterdam Radio Network. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it. Six seasons. I can't believe six seasons. It's been a crazy journey. And I did reference this in episode 100. It really picked up during the pandemic. And to be able to see grow so fast over such a short amount of time means the world to me. So I thank you guys for tuning in every week, but a very special thank you and coming back and telling your friends about the show. Uh, New Amsterdam Radio was looking to get all the people that do the thinking, the doing, and everything in between because it really is a city for you, a city for creatives and well there's no one quite as creative this mix is very unique than my guest today celeste mcmillan aka dj celestial is working in the music space but she's also an actress and she has a very unique outlook on life and so it was a great time to hang and just see what makes her tick on this special episode but as always if you haven't already make sure you follow us on social media at new amsterdam on that instagram and at new underscore amsterdam on that twitter let me know what you're working on tag a brother i would love to see what that looks like but without any further ado my chat with celeste mcmillan Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative stickers and doers. It is I, the mayor, flow voice in the mayor's office. And as always, I am not alone. I'm being joined by someone who has so many things I can't really talk about. We're talking about the acting craft, we're talking about the music craft, so many craft, a craft person, if you will. Please give it up for Celeste McMillian. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. First question is, what don't you do? <laughs> uh anything that involves me leaving the ground <laughs> right, right. not a roller coaster person i don't surf <laughs> wait you're not a roller coaster person no <laughs> okay so let's say someone invites you to an amusement park are you more into like the the walking around are you more shopping fun house mirrors shooting games what's your thing um well my favorite ride is tower what well, was the tower of terror hollywood tower of terror i think yeah. they revamped it now yeah. i don't know i like i like experiences like theatrical things but i don't want to get all like <laughs> yeah yeah those no g-forces <laughs> just like twist it up yeah there. ideally no no not so much <laughs> i was a big roller coaster guy and then i turned 30 and then it's true what they say you're like i'll i'll have to, I'll have to sit down for a bit Whew. <laughs> That's the thing, except I felt like that like th my whole life. Oh, fair <laughs> and enough. I went I went with it for a while, you know, because everyone wants to do roller coasters, but I was just like, man, I am all clenched up and like trying to hold my organs in place. I have a random question, but uh, you know, we're in Southern California area. There's so many theme parks around. Do you have a favorite one to go to to chill? You know, like you're like, oh, we're going to Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm or you know, I um I used to help my uh, my ex produce a huge festival, and we would have a lot of artists come from other countries to stay with us, and they would always want to do like Disneyland and Universal, and um I mean they they all have like something fun about them. Yeah. Um, 
but generally speaking, not super my style. If I had to pick one, I would probably say. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't care for either one of these. Uh, <laughs> so, I so have like, like one or two rides at every park that I like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Like for me, I, I'm a recovering fat kid. So when someone picks a restaurant, I'm like, okay, I can find something. I can. You too. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'll make this work. Give me the menu day in advance. I'll figure it out. Uh, so, so we uh, alluded to it. Uh, you are an actress and musician. You do a lot, but I know it's, it's weird to say everything at once. So when someone asks you, Hey, what do you do? How do you rephrase what you do? Wow, that is a great question because I've kind of struggled, I don't know if struggled is the right word, but I've definitely grappled with that for a long time. <laughs> um, also because like, you know, especially early mid twenties, I would kind of lay out the scope of things that I do and that I'm interested in. And sometimes people would be like, that's too much. <laughs> you gotta focus on one thing. Otherwise you're just gonna not, it's not gonna work wow, out. Too much and ambition? Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> Good old classic uh, trying to force the square into the round hole type of situation. Yeah, um, and yeah, that just never resonated with me. But so I was just kind of like, OK, well, whatever. And the more that I continued, you know, doing the things that I love and the things that called me, the more that I started to see the, the connective thread and the through line between them all, you know? Yeah. And for me, essentially what it is, is. I just, um, between the acting and the music and the facilitating sacred spaces and ceremonial work, um, I feel like it's just a matter of showing up and being as transparent and present as possible. And then things just start to come through. Like I'm not usually a super social person. I'm not much of a talker, but get me in a ceremony space and I can't shut up. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I've never played like a musical instrument or anything like, you know, growing up, but get me into a space where music is being created and I know what sounds good. I know what I don't like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so, so um, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like I've definitely had moments of um, finessing the words more <laughs> right, to kind right. of encapsulate everything that I do, but I feel like ultimately it's just, um, broadcasting my heart <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a sense you know is, is it a, a pressure i feel this way so maybe you can you can say oh no well, you're crazy uh, but is there is there a pressure to put what we do into a quote-unquote brand is there a pressure we put on ourselves to do that or is it kind of like hey look we don't want to sit and talk about everything we do here's a little like snack size thing and i'm working on this for brevity's sake no, I completely agree with you. I think that there has been and sometimes still can be a pressure to kind of like um, brand yourself and and make it like easily digestible to people. But I think also, um, at least as you get a bit older and you stop caring what people think, <laughs> right, right, right. Then, then you just have the occasional moments of like inner pressure, like you said. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I can't say that I'm completely free of that, but I do know that the more that I relax into just doing the stuff that I love, the more that I'm impressed with what is created, you know, and the more that I see how it all comes together and it all plays a part, you know? Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, the music that I create, the genre of music that I DJ, I now play that kind of music in my ceremonies too. And people are like, what is this music? It's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. How do you, 
I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> like, right, why right. not? <laughs> well, well, let's talk about this. Uh, DJ Celestial, right? Making your yes. own music and talk about the ceremonies as well and how they relate to each other. <sighs> yes. Um, so I see all of what I do as medicine, essentially. Medicine for myself. Um, I don't claim to be like a healer or a shaman or anything like that, you know, for myself, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So <laughs> I shaman, I love shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shaman myself through right. it all. Right, right. <laughs> um, but music has always been such a medicine for me. Um, and when I found my way into the transformational festival scene um, through my ex, who's now one of my best friends, um, I was just like, wow, this is, I, I think the first few festivals I went to, my jaw was just on the floor because I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> there's little, there's little kids here. There's older people. There's people my age and people are just in the forest for a weekend, you know, listening to music, dancing. There's like a tribal element. People are creating art and selling food. And like, what is this crazy? This feels like how people should be living. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the music specifically that, um, that I was introduced to in these environments is called Psytrance, um, which is short for psychedelic trance, very popular in India and Israel and many other countries, um, started kind of emerging in the 70s, 80s. And it's just such an interesting genre of electronic music because first of all, it is very tribal. And just like with any genre, there's good Psytrance, there's terrible <laughs> Psytrance. Right. But when it's good, it's good, man. Yeah. Um, a lot of these artists use samples from, um, you know, scientific and uh, philosophical revolutionaries. And so you're essentially getting people into this trance out state with this repetitive beat. And then you're introducing a mantra, essentially. Um, and so I just kind of <laughs> accidentally stepped into this um, whole underground community where consciousness was like the thing and <laughs> community yeah. and connection. Um, and so, and even before then, of course, as a kid, you know, listening to, I grew up on hip hop and, um, and R&B and all, all things like that. And music just has always been so medicinal for me. And I found that to just exponentially increase as I came into my twenties and thirties. Um, and then as far as plant medicine goes, um, I have always <laughs> been very intrigued by mental illness. I have people in my family that have you know, schizophrenia and different uh, depressions and whatnot. And so I wanted to help. I wanted to help. I saw that Western medications were not helping <laughs> or working as they should. It was just kind of putting a, a bandaid over this festering thing you know, and making it worse. And so I, in my late teens um, or early 20s, started going to school to study psychology. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can get into the research industry and help develop non-pharmaceutical treatments for mental disorders. Like there has to be another way. Sure, sure. Um, and around the same time, I started to learn about indigenous cultures and, and tribes and how they treated mental illness, not as um, someone whose brain is broken <laughs> or mm -hmm. sick, they actually treated it as, oh, you have a different brain. You have a different lens of perception for viewing reality. Let's nurture that. Let's support you. And those people then grew up to be the shamans and the medicine women of the community. So I saw this discrepancy and um, it made me super curious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so how are they dealing with this? Um, and then before I knew it, I got basically sucked out of <laughs> the, tra the traditional Western 
psychology um, studying route and planted right on, on the path of um, experimenting with different plant medicines for my own healing. Um, and, uh, and wow, it was just paradigm shifting. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, still I was like, okay, cool. So yeah, mushrooms are incredible. Um, all these, there's all these different plant medicines, but what can someone with like schizophrenia really like if even if they've, especially if they've been on Western medicines for so long, like, okay, I can't just give someone, right. <laughs> you know, something like that. And then I discovered cacao, which is the plant that chocolate's made from. And that's used um, ceremonially in indigenous cultures um, because it's a heart medicine. So not psychedelic, but which offers- cultures in particular? Let's jump in there. Like, which cultures in particular use uh, South America. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it really gives people the opportunity to kind of just clear the channel between the mind and the heart and, um, and just put you in touch with your essence and, and with what's here. I feel like in society, we get so trained <laughs> to certain degrees to kind of like shut this down, right, <laughs> get right. up here and like, you know. Um, so once I discovered that and breathwork, I was like, aha, okay, now that's something that I can offer to everyone. Um, and so then that became another tool in my belt. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I actually started even my ceremonial work at these transformational festivals because they're so primed and ready and people are hungry for it, you know? Um, so there was a festival that I was helping to produce and I started making a, a healing sanctuary there and I would just put out an open call, healers, teachers, professors, whoever you are, if you have something to share, to teach, come. Um, and it worked. It worked. Yeah. And I think this was even maybe it. I don't know if this was before I went to Burning Man or it was like right in right in the same time frame, because um, I was definitely seeing the potentiality of what was happening out there. Sure. Um, and I wanted to contribute. <laughs> yeah, and contribute is what you're doing. That's that's really cool that you found. I was going to say one of the coolest things in, in my life, and I think a lot of people's life, you don't really go for it. It's kind of like it kind of blindsides you, and you stumble into it, or someone puts totally. you onto something, and it's pretty cool. But uh, well, I, I was listening to some of your music, and I like the fact that so you put some videos up there of how everyone interacts with your music, especially in the live and space, and. I see the final product, but as a music creator, I wonder how is your approach to the craft of creating a feeling? Like you know what the end result is going to be, uh, but how do you go, I want to hit this feeling when you sit down and go, let's put the first beat on paper or on app. <laughs> I don't know what the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think I, I literally just wrote a piece <laughs> about yeah. this. Um, because I was just reflecting, I had a studio session a couple of days ago and um, I was just, I guess, you know how you slowly but surely over time kind of um, develop this like muscle memory, um, but like an emotional muscle memory. So you might like show up to something the first time and you're like, oh, I'm so scared. I don't know what I'm doing. And then it works out and you're like, okay. <laughs> and then the okay. next time you're a little bit less scared and then the next time a little bit less scared. I feel like that has really been, I mean, that's life, right? <laughs> right? But but my last studio session, I really hit, I broke through the ceiling, I think, of um, of previous doubts that I had had and, and I guess broke through the ceiling of what I thought was possible in terms of um, leaning into that trust of the creative process um, because I 
don't go into the studio like, okay, I hear this thing and, and I know that there's artists like this and it's incredible. My brother's an artist like this, actually. Mm-hmm. He'll hear like a tune in his head and he wants to put that down. My music partner is kind of the same thing. He can easily translate musically, you know, what he hears or what's in his head. Um, for me, it's really, again, just the more present that I am and I show up and we literally just, when we're starting on a blank canvas, it's just, okay, let's go through sounds. You know, there's there's basic elements to it, the kind of music that we're making that we know need to be there, like a kick, a kick drum, you know, mm-hmm. a bass, percussions, snares, hats, things like that. Um, so we'll just start going through sounds and it's literally like, do I like this sound? Yes. Do I like this sound? No. Do I like this sound? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how it starts. Um, and as I mean, I don't know, maybe as uninteresting as that might sound, it's, it's really fun because it yeah. it's just so interesting how a single sound can tickle you so much. At least for me, like I can't tell you how many times we're just laughing our asses off just because a sound is like something funny like in your brain. And I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. If it tickles me on an emotional and mental and physical level, then I'm like, yeah, because that's what I'm going for, you know, in everything that I do. <laughs> That makes it so fun. I mean, that's what craft is all about, right? There's a billion and one ways to make a house. How do you build yours? And uh, which was pretty cool because I know that sometimes you may not have uh, one idea in your mind, but that one sound can be like, oh, that reminds me of when I was a kid. This happened. There's a whole different story behind it. You get to put that into anything, which is pretty awesome. Uh, how, totally. what, what would you consider like a, a win in that space? What has been like a milestone you recently hit working on the music? Um, well, let me also say, just because I know, like you said, there's many access points to get to the same place. Another one for me, a lot of times will be um, like listening. I like to listen to a lot of different um, like teachers, <laughs> like uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Ram Dass, uh, Terrence McKenna, all these guys. And sometimes I'll hear something and I'm just like, yes, that, that one line is a nugget of gold. And I just want that to be like resonating throughout the dance floor, you know? So sometimes that'll be my starting point. And I'm like, this is the, this is the story. Now let's build sounds around that. Yeah. Um, and then your next question was, uh, what's a milestone that we've hit? Mm-hmm. What's a win? Oh my gosh. A recent so win. many. Yeah, so many <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, it's awesome to hear. Awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I guess before I start listing the wins, <laughs> I just have to say when I was with my partner last, and his name is Mateo, by the way, his, okay. his artist name is The Oracle. Um, so together we're Celestial versus The Oracle. Ooh. And um, he, I think we were just kind of having like an appreciation love fest in our last session. And he was like, you know what? A friend recently told me, um, you know, when you think about something or you receive something and you're just like, yes, say, take a moment, take a breath and say to yourself, yes and more please like a mm-hmm. declaration to the universe or whatever it is that you know you're you're relating to um and i just loved when he shared that with me i was like i'm gonna literally share that with every person that i talk to because yeah. it's amazing you know yeah um, it's, it's funny how we draw power from things like that it's cool really cool absolutely um so yeah uh we mateo and i started working together about I don't know how time works. <laughs> well, twenty twenty doesn't count. It kind of broke time for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I want to say like two years or so, at least. Um, and we started, uh, we didn't even know it was going to be an album. We thought we were just working on a or track or two together. Um, and we did release a first album or an EP, which was a few tracks. Um, and it was kind of funky and experimental. We didn't really know what we were doing, but still great stuff (laughs) um 
and then we got a little bit more technical knowledge um, and we started really honing in on uh, on our sound um, and then <laughs> before we could really get through the album um, his friend uh, right in the middle of quarantine uh, he has his friend is Michael Giacchino who is a huge composer who does all the music for um, Star Wars and the Pixar films. He was doing a passion project album during quarantine called um, Exotica. So it's kind of like a revival of this music from the seventies. Yeah. He kind of came to Mateo and he's like, yo, Mateo, can you make this cool? (laughs) Mateo's like Celeste. (laughs) Whoa. So the guy who's like in the whole Pixar house was like, make this cool. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. And we sit down and we just work on, it was supposed to be just like one or two tracks. The guy, Michael loved them so much. Like we basically took his 50 orchestral thing and made it into like a dubstep track and then a side trance track. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. (laughs) I want you guys to do a whole remix album. Actually, I'm going to release the first album as is you guys redo the whole album and it'll be part two. So that's what we spent the whole last year doing was um, remixing these trance and making them into, you know, putting our spin on his music, which was, I can't even begin to say what a brilliant opportunity it was because the music that he supplied us with was so rich, like all these strings and violins and drums and just like huge cinematic stuff, you know? Yeah. And then we got to kind of tell our own story through that. Um, And so the process. A year? Uh, yeah, yeah, that actually took us about a year. <laughs> yeah. um, because we also, we just keep getting better and better. I don't know how. It's not like we're watching a bunch of crazy tutorials, but I guess we just keep listening and fine-tuning and learning things on our own and coming together. So we've gone through the album and then we went through it again because we we're like, no, 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 we can make it, we can do it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah, now we're kind of finally at a place where that's um, done and waiting to be released in the next few months. Um, and now we are going back through our album that we started originally and applying all that technical knowledge and just bringing more power and more story to it. Um, and we have released one of the tracks as a single. It's called Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we released that about a month or so ago. And then, yeah, the full eight track album is going to be coming out. Um, I would say, like, in the next month. (laughs) (laughs) Celestial versus the Oracle. What does that look like? Do you do a tour rollout for that? A listing party? Do you just do, like, the the Beyonce drop? It's out now. Get it. Like, how does that, what's that look like? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, um, a lot of the artists and DJs that I've known, um, they release through labels. Like, the thing is, um, you know, what's the biggest label that you can get your stuff released with to get it the most, um, to get it heard, basically, which I totally get and respect. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if it's that I'm just really good at listening to my intuition or if it's because I'm a Virgo and I'm German and I like to just get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I'm like, no, I'm going to release all my own stuff. So I sat down um, last year and I learned kind of the, the, the basic how-tos of releasing your own music and copywriting and all that stuff. So, so far I've been releasing all of our own music. Um, and yes, yeah, as, as, and just like you said, just like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll do some promotional stuff like, you know, creating artwork and um, now I'm actually in the process of um, kind of expanding uh, the visual creative side. So I'm reaching out to different artists to get some animations going um, for the music 
because why not? Right. And um, yeah, I uh, I just actually got my first music agent. So I have an agent for like Snaps. TV and film. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up. All of a sudden I was just like, you know what? I think I have enough on my resume now to be able to like have someone booking gigs for me. So now I have representation for Canada, some of the U.S., Mexico, Argentina, um, soon Germany and Israel. And um, but I love the, your idea about a listening party. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's, it's definitely a vibe. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. You know, you're listening to it. And I, I, I made a point to listen to it during the day, which is what the, the videos I saw were during recorded and at night. And it does, for me personally, hit different on both sides of the day, not better or worse, just different, like two sides of the same being and simple. So I know there's something there. I'm not really into the side scene. I'm learning it through you, but I know that what you're doing, have some sort of like resonance. If I off the street, quote unquote, it's going, oh, dang, get up this lesson. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't wait. If it's a lesson part, please let me know. Please invite me. You know, I sure will. Are you kidding? But, but if you have all of that going on, uh, what do you do when you're not working? Like, how do you get like recharge your creative cup to make sure you can create more stuff? Are you, you like put yourself in a box and say, don't text me anymore. Do you go on trips? <laughs> do you like plug yourself into the wall? Like, how do you, how do you make it? How do you recharge? That's funny. Um, well, the first thing is that um, I don't, I'm so happy to say this, man. I don't feel like any of this is work. <laughs> I'm just playing, you know, I'm so, I'm so, so happy to be at the point in my life now, um, the last year, pretty much just the last year where I don't have to do anything just for money. <laughs> it is fucking rad. Like, yes, I'm making money and it's awesome, but I'm doing things that I love, you know? Um, and aside from that, I'm, I'm kind of a hermit. Like I have a lot of friends, but if you talk to any of them, they're like, I haven't seen so Yeah, hermit gang. I love, what? <laughs> I love them all so much, but I just love being home. I love being with my dog. So I'm kind of always recharging or playing. <laughs> Respect. That's like the, the, the goal I have, right? To be able to be like, I'm always there. I'm also a hermit. So I got that part done. I'm like, square away. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, get finding a place to find that balance is what uh, the creatives, uh, part of the creative journey. I'm glad that you found your niche for that. Uh, I was actually perusing your Instagram uh, because that's what I do when I, my research part of this, this, this job, this gig, and you had something on your bio line. And I want uh, your opinion about it, what it means to you today. You say life is a message, which is pretty deep, but what does that mean to you right now in this point in time? Yeah, so um, I think, like I mentioned before, I, I another thing that I do actually, this kind of piggybacks on your last question to recharge my battery is I love to listen to a lot of inspirational speakers and teachers. Like anytime that I'm like taking a nap or just cleaning around the house, like that's what I'm feeding into my brain, just subtly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Transformation. Blah blah blah. Consciousness. Um, <laughs> and I heard this. I heard this line from Ram Dass. Um, but he was actually quoting Gandhi. Um, and uh, oh man, should I even try to recap the story? It was something like Gandhi was getting on a train or something and a reporter was running after him. And he's like, Gandhi, what should I tell the people? And Gandhi wrote down something on a paper and just showed it to him. And what he wrote was, um, my life is my message. And I was like, that is great. That is, yes. Um, because for a long time, again, going back to, I think what you and I were talking about at the beginning, um, you know, I still was finding myself sometimes getting caught up in 
labeling <laughs> like what it is that I do how can I best sell this package <laughs> right, you right. know and even um just as subtle as like in my Instagram bio like okay I'm an actor I'm an electronic music producer and I'm a storyteller which kind of encapsulates everything that I do between that and ceremony um and you can book me here and here's my SoundCloud and yeah when I heard that I was just like yes that that is so much more that just felt like it was resonating more cleanly and truly with where I'm at right now like this is this is this is what I am right, <laughs> this right. is what I am and where I am and this is what I have to offer myself and therefore everyone else and what up <laughs> what up homies I what up it. as Gandhi said <laughs> <laughs> it's a quote on the train I saw it. uh yeah it's a good way of putting it man. I really it really says that there is when I had one of my old comedy bits, I had this thing about people in Los Angeles collect slashes, you know, I'm an, I'm this slash this slash this slash this. And you're like, well, what are you good at? You know what I mean? Like, and but there's one thing of being a polymath and, and approaching different disciplines with the intent. But I also feel there's like the underside of that of people just trying to say, I have these aptitudes for the sake of having aptitudes. So I just want to see your perspective on that, which is pretty awesome. But speaking of things you're awesome at, uh, actor, can we talk about this? I was seeing some of these clips. I mean, you were in uh, some of these short films. I'm not sure if I should mention them or not, but I definitely enjoyed uh, the man with a pillow for a face. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was. It was hard to get because it was it was the festival circuit. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. So so talk to me about this. I mean, the acting craft is something different, kind of similar to music in that you're still a creative, but it's a different way of doing it. What's been your experience so far? You're so funny. I so respect, respect for you doing <laughs> your research. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I have been acting since I was like 15 or something. Okay. Um, I was in theater all throughout high school. And, and really it started as just sort of a, a place for me to heal <laughs> and kind of like, you know, step out of... Um, this character in this mind and into something else where I could freely express and emote and um, just kind of be, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, as I got older, you know, I didn't, I didn't move to LA to be an actor. I was working in a Rubio's. Okay. Not Rubio's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are they still existing? <laughs> I think there's one over there by the, the theater, <laughs> by Howard Hughes. <laughs> no idea <laughs> i'm so bad that i just did a, a commercial for rubias on here anyway um yeah and some lady came in and she was like you i want to manage you and she wasn't a manager she was an actor but i was like uh, okay and um she actually ended up getting me my first she introduced me to a casting director and i, I booked my first gig well which that was really happens i thought it, was, it only happens in movies yeah right <laughs> so i jumped in there but i was like wow that's awesome <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. Sometimes it's true. Um, so I was on the pilot for the newsroom. Um, and so I got to, you know, just being fresh on the scene. I was, it was me, Jeff Daniels of Dumb and Dumber, right. um, Sam Waterston and Aaron Sorkin in a room together working on a scene. And I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Daniels is just backstage like, I think we should throw out the script and make the whole thing about Celeste. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Forever hero. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just was like, okay, cool. This is, I'm just following the breadcrumbs. You know, I feel like that's so much of my life. Like I 
everything this and this is something I constantly remind myself of is that everything is always turning out better than I could possibly have ever imagined and or constructed here because sometimes I get stuck in my head I'm like okay how am I going to get here I want to be on this tour I want to do this which is great that's a masculine like planning and goal setting but I just got to remind myself like let go you're gonna everything's gonna show up the way it needs to show up and it's gonna be better than you expected it to and that's been my experience so far um and as I started to, so I continued doing the acting stuff and, um, you know, just uh, mostly one-off episodes on, on like a Disney show. And, Pair of uh, Kings, my favorite. <laughs> top of the world. Top, sorry, I, I, was, I was way too old for the show, but it came on, I was glued to it. I don't know <laughs> why. It's weird, but. <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious too. It's like, no matter how old I get, I'm still being cast for like 16-year-old roles occasionally. <laughs> Just like okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> one day they're like, okay, you're a mom, and the next day they're like, okay, you're a teenager. <laughs> I'm like, great. Whoa. Sure, I'll take it. Not how old you are, but how old you play in LA? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so just as I continued to uh, follow this career and, and flow with it, um, and then simultaneously starting to do that inner work on myself and the ceremonial stuff and. Um, I just kind of really found, I guess, my core intention moving forward as an actor. Um, someone once said to me, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. And I was like, yes, yes, mm. that, is, that is why TV and film is so impactful all over the world, because it's an avenue for people to emotionally connect with something, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, again, that's how I'm kind of starting to see the ways in which it ties into all of the other stuff that I do. It's like, okay, awesome. You just got to show up on set and tell the truth. Yeah. Someone, someone said to me once, they're like, oh, you're an actor, so you're a good liar. And I was like, no, <laughs> actually, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. If you're an actor and you're up there lying, then you're a bad actor. True. Because we're animals at, at the core of it. And we can sense when people are telling the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so I'm going up there and I'm embodying a character and I'm finding those things about the character that ring true for me, regardless of what the story is, you know? So take me back there, because I know a lot of people could be in a similar situation that you were. I mean, working at a job, my square job was I sold hand sanitizer door to door pre-COVID, so it was late. Square job. Yeah, it's, it's a square job. Like, how do you go to a party? Yeah, man, I sell hand sanitizer. Like, it's not even Purell, so not even the top hand sanitizer. Anyway, not, not about me, not about me. Uh, but but you were in that Rubio's, and you got called out. Hey, look, I'm going to manage you. I think eight people out of 10 would have said, no, thank you. So I got to ask, what made you go, you know what? I'm going to try this out, strange lady. <laughs> Let's say yes. <laughs> you know what? I... I don't know. I don't have the answer for that because, um, yeah, like I said, I didn't move here to be an actor. I knew that I enjoyed it, um, but I was kind of already on the track for studying psychology. And um, I don't know if I was already working in a dispensary, but it's just interesting to see how all the seeds like get planted, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're going to work at this dispensary before it's even legal and see how plant medicine helps people. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, a pre-plan, right? Like a yeah. tapestry kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just curious, speaking about like uh, different ways of expressing things. Uh, I was actually looking this up because I was on your website and it says that you do Oracle card readings. And I uh, erroneously thought they were tarot, but they're not. They're totally distinct things. Uh, can you like walk me through the working definitions between Oracle cards and how they differ from tarot cards? 
Sure. Um, <laughs> first of all, I'll be completely honest. I'm like, what's on my website? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's there. I swear. <laughs> I know. I remember. So one of my, my best friend, actually, my absolute best friend from high school, um, designed my website because that's what she does. Uh, she's like a curator of aesthetic digital content. Yeah. Um, and so, and this was a while ago already. Um, so anyway, sorry, I just forgot that it's up there, but yes. <laughs> so I used to um, dabble, you know, even before I got into like ceremonies and, and all of this, um, this stuff that I do now, I just kind of, uh, you know, I liked crystals and I liked things that kind of, I just felt things slightly starting to resonate without even knowing anything about it. Um, and so I would occasionally dabble with like some tarot cards that someone gave me. And then I think at one point I scared myself because I was like, oh, this is, oh, you're telling me I'm going to break up with my boyfriend and now we're broken up. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how much of that is actually like, you know, forecasting or just implanting like ideas. And then, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. Um, but either way, as I kind of continued in my journey, um, some new friends then introduced me to, so that was the end of tarot cards for me. <laughs> right. I'm out. I get the same card every time. So I, I totally, it's, it's creepy. Everyone that's giving me a tarot card reading is giving that's me the thing. card. And you're like, uh, but sorry, not about that. That's, that's the thing. Um, so I was introduced to Oracle cards, which um, are just a little bit less like definitive. Uh, they're, they're a little, I think, I believe the intention is just different. Um, it's there to offer sort of more guidance and advice and support like oh this is the energy that um you might currently be in when it's out of balance it looks like this when it's in balance it looks like this to kind of bring yourself back into balance you can do this take a walk right. <laughs> play with your dog you know yeah. um so that always kind of uh, it just resonated better with me it didn't make me feel so like oh god what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. it's like it's inverted oh no i totally got you, I totally got you. i'm still new to this too i'm still trying to learn it you know i mean i'm grew up in brooklyn so they weren't tarot card readers mm. they weren't like uh eastern medicine in the way that is i mean we're west indian so there was like 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 down home medicine but not like how we oh, interpret it now um, i would love to hear about that more some at some point <laughs> a lot of sea moss drink a lot of sea moss and it cleanses you oh interesting yeah, just yeah. heard about sea moss yeah that's what my dad was all about that's like you feel sick you feel lethargic it was like all right dad, i'm in the house i've already sold whatever you're selling i already bought whatever you're selling um, <laughs> so weird uh but but i just want to say thank you so much for being on the show new am sam Maria, the podcast for creatives now here's a chance i gotta ask you if you gotta everything you want to promote let the people out there know if they want to connect with you if they want to follow you if they want to be the first person to be invited to that listening party how to go about doing that um well uh the first thing i guess i'll say <laughs> is that um the next festival that i'm playing at is called the psychedelic freak show um and it's this big it's one of the biggest side trance and techno festivals um, in the u.s so it's going to be the weekend of halloween all weekend it's going to be um oh gosh i believe it's near lancaster it's about an hour from la okay. um and since the last um the company that produces it is called Psy Tribe like PSY tribe. Um, and it's an all ages type of thing. And uh, yeah, the last festival that they produced that I played at, I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to start playing my own tracks, <laughs> which people don't usually do until it's like all mastered and perfect. And they have a bunch of, I was just like, no, you know what? Um, and so I've been doing that and I plan to do that for this upcoming one as well. I'm going to play probably about half of the new album 
um, and then some of my, you know, classic favorite artists that I really love. Um, and yeah, other than that, um, we have our Celestial versus the Oracle album that's going to be released in the next month or so. And I'm saying it on here, so I guess I got to stick to it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me also on SoundCloud, just under um, Celeste McMillan. And uh, yeah, I have the website and I pretty much promote on Instagram and and that's about it until I can hire someone to do all the other Twitches and Twitters and whatever the kids are into. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you. So much time is spent being like, got to promote my stuff. <sighs> if only uh, there were some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I want you back in a future episode because I like the Please. fact that you're doing so many different things and things are coming together. They're popping off for you. Uh, it's definitely uh, one of the cool things to watch. So thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back soon. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>